Welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist, a podcast where we meet the people of Canterbury Baptist Church in Melbourne, Australia, hear their stories and explore ideas relevant to our church and community. My name is Stephen and for today's episode, let's meet Rowan. Hello Rowan, welcome to the People of Canterbury Baptist podcast. Hi Steve, it's good to be here. You've uh, finally managed to uh, wrangle me into uh, uh, coming and doing it. I heard a rumour in the church that you, were, that you were disappointed that I hadn't asked you so far, so I decided <laughs> I might leap onto that rumour and see if it was true. Uh, no, the rumour was not true. Uh, you know, um, yeah, it's, um, I'm probably one of the people that prefer to sort of fly under the radar than, uh, um, and, but, you know, it's, it's been great listening to other people's stories and podcasts and I know there's nothing to fear, but uh, yeah, be, be an interesting session. Well, thank you for being here. It is just your story. All you got to do is talk about yourself, and so that, that that's surely the easiest thing in the world, isn't it? Just to talk about <laughs> ourselves. No one finds that hard. But let's uh, let's journey on and see where we end up. So let me ask my famous first question: Where were you born? I was born in a little town in northern Victoria called Bort, which you know very well, having been the the uh, pastor at the Baptist Church there for a decade. It yeah. was. That was the position I was pastor of before I came down to uh, to Canterbury Baptist Church. So do you have any mem- – uh, what's your earliest memory then of being in Bort? Um, I was really lucky because that's where my grandparents and, and parents were, were born. And so um, even after my parents had left Bort, we used to come back for every Christmas and Easter – and you would know that um, that consists of tennis tournaments and swimming in the uh, Olympic-sized pool um, and playing in the cricket nets and other things like that. So, um, uh, you know, it wasn't – I was still doing that into my early 20s um, and, yeah, and had lots of uh, relatives and other, other people up there. That generation's, you know, passed away now. Um, and even my my folks have passed away. So, but they're all buried in the in the Bort Cemetery, which is um, it's sort of uh, outside a board. It's got peppercorn trees all the way around it. Uh, it's a you can he- hear the sheep eating the grass off to the side. Okay. So it's um, it's it's pretty good country to be to be uh, to 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 uh, call your home uh, after you pass away. So you've got a multi-generational heritage in this town called Bort. Mm. Now, of course, because I live there, I know that it's very much a farming community. So do we understand that your family is from a farming background? Yes. My my grandparents had a farm at Durhamox, which is um, if you blink, you miss Durhamox. Um, at one stage, there was a was a, a rural school there and a, and a, a, a service station. But um, I think the rural school's been sold. The service station burnt down. Uh, and literally, it's about twenty kilometres um, east of Bort, and that's where you turn left to go to Bort. Um, and so, my grandparents had a farm right there at the Ox, and my own parents had a farm about uh, three or four kilometres south of the Ox. So, um, yeah, so farming background, um, a lot of irrigation, fat lambs, a bit of cropping, um, cattle that sort of type of uh, background as well. How old were you when, when you left Bort? I was about four. Uh, it was at the stage when my grandparents were retiring into the town and my my own parents were probably a little bit undercapitalised and um, it was a, a drought year as well. So they thought they would sell up, come to the city, 
um, run a business, make some money, and then go back farming at some stage, and and they never did. So um, we kept coming back to board, obviously for the for the relatives and and you know the great aunts and uncles and the grandparents and other things like that. But uh, yeah, we never we never did. Uh, Mum and dad never did return to a farm of their own. Yeah. Are you aware, or do you have any sense if that was a grief for them, sort of an, an unresolved vision in their life? Uh, for my dad, I think it was a, a grief for him, and um, I think for for most of his life, he sort of uh, worked in you know worked for either for himself or with other people or in businesses. But I I don't think he ever thought of himself as a great success. But we never thought of him as that, um, um, and. Mum worked for a while in some of those businesses, but then she went back teaching and that was actually the best thing for her. And um, she probably spent the last sort of, uh, yeah, 20, 25 years teaching. She was a, um, she started it as a phys ed teacher and then, uh, but then went back into the classroom and, and, and taught with others and, and um yeah, my 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 mum was funny because uh, my grandfather would say about my mum she was she was the only person who could write the same word in a letter and spell it three different ways uh, and, and still get it wrong. So, but my mum, yeah, my mum was um, uh, had a great love for her students, um, really cared deeply about them, and I think because of her own, you know, she had a. Um, at a, at a sort of a single teacher school, had a had an interesting sort of background herself, which probably, you know, she she battled through that and then went to teachers college and other things like that, and and managed to get through. And I think that made her a very empathetic sort of uh, and caring teacher, uh, and very effective with the, with what she did, uh, with with her abilities and 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 looking after the after the kids. Any brothers and sisters? I've got a younger brother and then a younger sister. So, yeah. are them born in board, or is there enough of a gap that they were born? No, uh, my uh, younger brother was born in board as well, and but my uh, my sister was born in Melbourne. Yeah. Which so I take it then the move from board. You're four years old. You move from board. You end up in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. So we were. Uh, we originally were in Croydon for twelve months, and Mum and Dad ran a business. You know, sort of a. Um, a milk bar, uh, um, so what would be described these days as a milk bar. They did that for 12 months and hated it. And then we moved over to sort of um, Sindel and uh, they were there for two or three years. And, and then we moved up to Broadford um, and mum and dad ran uh, the supermarket up there for uh, a few years and then... Uh, when they they left that business, Dad worked on a variety of farms and fencing contracting, and ran the Golden Fleece with another couple at, in Kilmore for a few years, and um, so he did a few things like that. And at that stage, Mum went back to teaching, and she was she was a teacher at uh, um, Seymour Grant Street Primary Primary School uh, for uh, another ten or fifteen years, and then at Craigieburn, and then at uh, due to gala and when they were in Essendon, but yeah. And during that time, I, I went to Broadford Primary School, and then my brother and I we went to um, we went to Assumption College, big big Catholic uh, um, uh, football school, 
well-renowned for the sort of AFL players that it's turned out over the years. It's a very different school now than the one I went to. It was um, just starting to go co-ed then and, uh, and the borders outnumbered the, the day scrags as we were referred to. But these days it's uh, fully co-ed and, uh, you know, and the borders are very much in a minority compared to the, uh, to the, to the local uh, uh, day population. Yeah. Let's get there in a minute. But um, So it sounds like your father, um, after selling the farm, it sounds like he was somewhat at a loose end going from one small business to the next and partnerships, trying out different ideas. Yeah. Um, the comment you made earlier on that his ambition was to get back on the farm mm. sort of rings true, that he was just looking to make enough money to get back back, mm. back onto the farm. Your mum then settled as a teacher. Was there any ever sent, Was there ever any sense of your dad settling into a particular profession or a particular path in life that, that he sort of leaned into a bit? Um, I guess he was probably um, – uh, I think he enjoyed – Work, working on other people's farms at various times, and um, and that's probably when he was, you know, the happiest. But they had a great partnership, my mum and dad, and um, he was really supportive of her going back to um, going back as a teacher. I think the only thing they ever said they did wrong was like they kept their they kept their money thinking that they would always go back to the farm and they should have just invested it in you know real estate and other things like that and they'd have been much more successful than trying to run businesses and other things <laughs> like that. But hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So you land in Melbourne, you start going to school. Uh, you, you mentioned a few schools. So these are primary schools. Uh, in Broadford, I went to the Broadie Primary School. Um, and Broadford was an interesting town back then. It was a mill town, so it was very working class and, and, uh, and you know, it was, it was the town where, you know, my, my dad had, had the opportunity at that stage running the supermarket to, to put in, you know, effectively uh, sell alcohol as well. And, uh, you know, he, he made the decision uh, that, you know, um, he 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 wouldn't he wouldn't sell alcohol because he knew alcohol was a it was a real problem in a in a working town like that where the workers would go to the pub come home rolling drunk and you know and he didn't want to he didn't want to participate in that sort of uh, side of things so yeah so if you go to school in that town is your memory of it a fairly rough and tumble school um yeah I. I Broadford Primary was okay. Broadford High was a pretty rough and tumble sort of school. I think. I think. I think the year I went through uh, VCE at Assumption College, and we lived almost next door to the uh, the Broadie High School. I think they had 10, 10 kids uh, do v, VCE as it was called back then, and I think one kid passed, and it was a supplementary pass anyway. So it was it was a it was a really tough environment and. And it was a yeah, it was it was yeah, it was a mill town and and tough environment, tough kids and and uh, and you know the toughest kid I can remember was uh, you know was a you know you you don't you don't back down you know you don't take take rubbish from anybody else and you know you stand toe to toe was the way that was the motto yeah. Um- 
Do you think those years in in high school, those experiences, they shaped you in any way? Uh, in high school, um, particularly at, at Broadie College, it's sort of rough and tumble, more aggressive, <clears throat> low academic. Like in a moment, we're going to get to your academic achievements, which are quite impressive. Yeah, so, yeah. so I guess I'm, it, I guess I'm finding it interesting knowing where your story goes, mm. or knowing something of where your story goes academically. Yeah, that you that you're in this very rough and tumble, low ac- academic achievement school, yeah. and how you reflect on that now. What memories come to you as you think about it? Uh I was probably always above ag- average academically and actually quite liked um, school. So for me, it wasn't um, a major issue. I think, you know, mum and dad clearly made sacrifices to to get us from Broadford down to Assumption College. Come on, and don't get me wrong, Assumption College is a very much uh, um, back then was, you know, lots of country kids coming down to board at school. And so it was, um, it was you know, just average or slightly above average from an academic sort of type perspective. But I really like sport. I like cricket. I like football. Um, and... and uh, it was still an era where, you know, there were lots of Maris brothers still teaching there, but there's hardly any there now. Um, but it was, it was, um, it, it, it was the best. It was a good opportunity for someone, you know, uh, coming out of Broadford to go to Assumption College, Kilmore, and and uh, Mum and Dad made great sacrifices to get us there and 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 to participate in that school, which was great. That shift was that was that done mainly for economic not economic pardon me academic reasons that yeah. concerned academically or was it more about just trying to get you out of the environment that you found yourself in at Broadie? Uh, I think it was just because it was just the best academic op- opportunity, academic and social and environment opportunities that available. Yeah. So so every day we used to take the bus down to uh, down to Kilmore. And uh, yeah, that was always uh, that was about a forty-five or hour trip because we used to go out to do this winding circuitous route uh, out out through the various uh, on this bus route, and uh, um, and so that was you know there and back on a on a bus, except except on a day when you were doing sports training and someone would come and pick you up, and uh, and or you'd share that with one of the other families that from Broadford that were their sons or daughters were doing sports training as well. So, but anyway, yeah. Any emerging sense of ambition? Any emerging sense of where you wanted your life to go in these years? Um, I was really lucky because, you know, growing up um, um, in those sort of teenage years, I, I remember, you know, riding horses on farms and riding motorbikes and, um, working with sheep and um, and at one stage my dad and three other guys sort of, you know, um, leased some land and had some sheep and cattle and so we would go and do stuff on that. And I remember, you know, distinctly enjoying being outside, being working with animals uh, and those sorts of things. So I, I – and and that experience is pretty rare now for for kids to have that sort of country background and then come to the city, um, and so you know I, I can remember once when I jumped on a horse and rode it round and my my kids and Jude all went oh 
Dad can ride a horse. Uh, yeah, Dad can still ride a horse, you know. And um, there are things like that that still take them by surprise, um, having a country background. So I think that was a, a formative period. And so, you know, um, I, I think it made me sort of um, – one stage I thought, you know, I might make a farmer or I might do agricultural science or in, in the end I chose engineering, but I chose I chose a, a branch of engineering that had a lot of focus on the environment and water and those sorts of things and I think that, that sort of came from, from that overarching background, yeah. So if we could meet you in your high school years, yeah. um, what sort of person were you? It, what sort of personality were you? A, were you a people's person? Were you a more quiet, reserved person? Would we call you a nerd or a jock or a geek just to grab some of those yeah. categories? Yeah. Um, uh, it was interesting because I, I sort of straddled uh, the environment between being a nerd, so a good student – and also a good sports person, which probably put me straddling multiple camps, which which was often quite interesting or different, you know. Um, so, yeah, I played um, um, I, I played in the in the better cricket team and in the better footy team, and I also played, and I also was probably, you know, high up there academically every year as well. So it was it was an interesting mix um, and I was probably, uh, yeah, I was a really well-behaved uh, student. I was studious, you know, um, and, and that was my sort of, I think it was, I, I naturally thought that that was my ticket through high school and that environment, although sport was obviously really important at a, um, you know, a Catholic boarding school as well, yeah. Especially Catholic boarding school that's famous for its footballers. So yeah. I imagine there'll be a fair bit of sporting pressure there. Uh, you finished high school. Did you go straight to university? I went straight to uni. I was, I was, uh, in my last year of high school, I actually boarded at Assumption College because my, my parents and, and two siblings had moved down to, uh, to Essendon. And, and my sister started school down, sort of high school down there. Um, and, um, yeah, I went I went to – so we were living in Essendon and it was a sort of a tram trip into um, into Melbourne Uni, where, which is where I was studying engineering. And, uh, yeah, I went straight into that. And um, I guess – in that period, I played a bit of cricket, and I also took up playing baseball for Mel- at Melbourne Uni as well, which was I decided I wasn't going to keep playing football, um, and I took up playing baseball and did that for ten years and uh, played in intervarsity teams and you know won a full blue, which is a sort of a sports award. You know, you're, I was chosen in the, I guess the. The, the combined team, you know, after the uh, after the university games were held, you know, there were uh, there was the sort of the the, ch- the chosen team selected across all of the teams and almost I, like the all Australian team, yeah, so. like the all Australian. And you made that. Okay. I, made, I made that team a couple of years, and uh, and I was awarded a full blue, so that was that was good. Uh, I, I feel like you're glossing over this too quickly. So let me go back. Um, why baseball? How did you get into it? 
Oh, it was, it was really strange. You know, when you go when you go and you sit down at university, and and back in those days, um, there was a lot of support for you know the clubs at university. These days, it's not so so well supported. But I, you know, went through and I ticked a whole range of different things, and I thought, oh, baseball, yeah, it's 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 got bats and balls and things, and I'm good at that sort of sport. I ticked it. They invited me to come along. And they said, "Would you like to play?" And I just made a decision. Yep, I'll I'll do this. And uh, and and I realised that baseball was a was a great sport. You know, there's it's a it's a game of throwing, hitting, fielding, running. Uh, it's 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 sort of at its purest form. You know, yeah. So it sounds like baseball for you was not just a sport that you play. For some reason, it connected to your soul. It, it, there was a deeper connection or a deeper impact point within you. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, um, I grew up, you know, my grandfather was a, a very fine cricketer and a, and a, a and tennis player. My mum played tennis and hockey. Um, so ball sports were our thing in, in the genetics and – and as I said, when I used to go up to um, uh, up to Bort, you know, I was always getting advice about how how your tennis game was going, and and especially your cricket game was going from my grandfather. Um, so, ba- so cricket and baseball sort of connected into that whole um, see ball, hit ball, um, uh, sort of type thing, and and you know my own kids sort of still display that sort of type of genetics as well. So, yeah. So you started playing baseball for the Melbourne University team. Yeah. You then obviously uh, were able to progress to a point. So uh, were you a pitcher? Were you, were you like, I, what was your primary role on the baseball field? Yeah. I uh, I started off a bit in the infield and they figured out I wasn't very good in the infield. Although <laughs> when I... I, I got better uh, later in life, um, and uh, yeah, so I played mainly outfield, but but I was a good hitter, and um, and you know I, I started off when I first went, having never played baseball, I started off in the fourths, and uh, sorry, in the thirds, and went and played games in the fours, and got some batting advice from some of the older guys. And and then went from the thirds to the seconds, and then played the for the rest of my career in the seconds and firsts. You know, so um, it was it was a sort of a, a a progression. Yeah. So so first, but you got to the point from what I heard earlier on that you're playing for you're representing Melbourne University in mm. against other universities mm. at a national level competition. At a national level competition, but also uh, uh, Melbourne University used to play in what was called the Victorian Winter Baseball League. So we used to play against a whole heap of other teams. And um, back then, I think Melbourne had four teams, or I think it has about six or seven now. Um, and you know, uh, yeah. And at the end of the day, I was I was good enough to play in the first team. So. Anyway, and be part of a team that became the national university champions. Uh, the national university championships, and we also won, and we were also regular finalists and winners at that in the Victorian Winter Baseball League as well. Um, summer had baseball had two leagues: a summer league and a winter league. And because you know it was university, it was in the winter league, and it's still it's still played here in Melbourne, the winter league. And um, Melbourne Uni was uh, yeah, we won. We we won you know multiple sort of uh, trophies and championships at, 
you know, in the 10 years that I played for them. Yeah. Um, and more than that, from what you said earlier on, you got picked on the All-Australian team. So even once they, uh, all the competition finished and they looked at the best nine players that yeah. they could pick, yep. your name was put at the, at the top nine players across all the teams. If yeah. They had to pick the, the best nine players out of the entire competition. Yeah, so when we came together with all the other universities across Australia, we, play, we, we, we would play for a whole week. Um, and, and that was play and drink and play and drink and play and drink and um, by, by the end of the week your, your arms were almost ready to drop off and, uh, um, and uh, yeah, so at the end of that week, yeah, I, I made the All-Australian in, in, All University team, yeah. I think on that bombshell, that might have, that, that might have to uh, close up our our, uh, our conversation for today. The uh, that we're sitting in the presence of a of a mighty <laughs> national sporting hero. So uh, there we go. That's uh, that's some information that we can take away. But obviously, we haven't even touched on your faith and and uh, your, your faith and your growing up years, and then your your later education, and then how you came to Canterbury Baptist. So I think we've got a, got a bit of territory mm. to cover. Mm. It's all right. How about uh, how about we bring you back and we do a part two. But for the purposes of today, thank you. Thank you for sharing and thank you for taking this time. Great. Thanks, Stephen. And thank you to everyone who has tuned in to listen. This podcast is produced and presented by Stephen Field on behalf of Canterbury Baptist Church, Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email cbc at canterburybaptist.org. If you're a member or regular attender of this church, how about you get in touch with Rowan directly and thank him for his contribution today. The music is the song The First Step by Andrew Naylor from his album Two Stones. This album is available wherever you purchase or stream your music. Join us next time as we continue our chats with the people of Canterbury Baptist.